It's time, Tim, to do the Punt the QB podcast. Hi, I'm Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB, Tim. Punt QBFF. What's up, everybody? So we've already did our uh, drop for our first episode here, which was our free agent signings. Um, we are going to get into the draft picks episode. We talk about some of our favorite draft picks here. But, Tim, um, let's just rewind it back a little bit. Let's talk about... A couple of things that's going on in other sports here. Yeah, at the at the heart, we're a sports podcast. Football is our bread and butter; it's our passion. But at the end of the day, we're a sports podcast. And since we lasted, you know, our main episode, let's be let's be honest. Champions have been crowned. The NBA has crowned their champion, the Denver Nuggets, first time in their forty-seven year history. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, and you know what? Going into the playoffs, they still had great value if you picked them to win the to win the NBA Finals. I mean, as the one seed, and by far the one seed in the West Conference. Yep. Like they had a great regular season. They odd uh, their odds were still like ten to one for them to win it all because everybody else was in love with Phoenix and the Lakers oh, yeah. and the did, Celtics. The Lakers. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. did. And, and even hats off to the eight seed Miami. Miami was down to the Bulls in the play in the game. Absolutely. They were down like five with like three and a half minutes left. And they went on like a 15 to like two run to end the game and embarrassed the Bulls right out of the playoffs. And then they actually went right through Milwaukee and just pretty much rolled right through everybody all the way on the way, all the way to the championship. Yeah. As much as I despise the NBA regular season, I love the NBA playoffs. Yeah. It's so fun. They, nobody takes a night off. They're all going gusto. It was fun. I, I'm happy for the Nuggets. I was rooting for the Nuggets. They've never in their 47 year history won. Uh, Nikola Jokic is, is, he was a second round pick who famously got drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. I, it, it was, it was just a great story. And, and, and let me ask you this, does this validate his back-to-back MVPs? I think it, it not only validates his back-to-back MVPs, but it also shows that there was a good chance he should have won three years in a row. He might, he possibly could have won this one. Too. Yeah. I think there was definitely some voter fatigue. Yeah. Know? People get tired of voting for that, especially in the NBA. You get tired of voting especially, for LeBron yeah. every jo- year. Jordan didn't win every year, yeah, but he yeah. was the best player every year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, and let me ask you this. Does their, quote, easy path to the finals tarnish it at all? No, not at all. I'm saying by seed, they had the, quote, easiest path in NBA history. Uh, it, it, you know what? They were the one seed. They deserve is, They deserve whatever path gets put in front of them. And if and if other teams couldn't uh, couldn't put up the muster to to be uh, the two seed making it there, or the the Eastern Conference just totally laid down for the for the Heat, that's not that's not Denver's fault. I mean, Denver played a great season, and when they finally got up against the the Miami Heat, who got heat who got hot, red hot, and ran through the Eastern Conference, and some of that like, and then I mean, when anybody saw like that, they won that they won that series. And it wasn't even close. They they won four to one. They were they were pretty much putting it down. Yeah, on, they had on a, Miami. No, I I agree with you. I'm just saying the question had to be asked. They had a 16 and four run in the playoffs. They had a great regular season. They put it all together. Even the one game the Heat won in the finals, that's because some guy off the bench shot lights out from three. Denver was up eight going into the fourth quarter and lost that game. They outplayed the Miami Heat for every single quarter except for one. Yeah, no, I just had to ask the question. No, I mean it's just a it's just a well deserved 
good value, you know, with all the great play that Denver had pretty much all season long. I mean, pillar to post, they were the best team in the league. And, I mean, I know people want to say Boston, but when, you know what, when it came down to it, push came to shove, Boston totally folded. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great playoffs, and I was really happy for the Nuggets. And you know, you know what? While we're talking about champions, let's talk about the NHL champions in the Las Vegas Knights. You know what? What We were just talking about this in the last episode, Tim. You know, the Las, Las Vegas deserves to have some winning sports there. They don't deserve the A's. They don't deserve the Raiders. And that's not because they don't deserve them. Those teams don't deserve to be there with the ownership. I'm that's glad in place. you corrected that. Yes. I, no, let, let me let, let me back you up. I know you're about to go on another classic Rick rant. For years, decades, Las Vegas had the stigma you couldn't bring a professional franchise there because of the sports betting. Them losing that lawsuit where they lost their monopoly in sports betting. Might have been the best thing happened to that city. I remember two decades ago when the boss who hired me at my casino went out there and got a job out there. He said, I can get you out there. Affordable housing, all this other shit. That city has blown up. And what they have done, I am so glad that the NHL uh, uh, Hockey League decided to give Vegas a franchise. Because the Golden Knights have been amazing. Their very first year, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Remember, Vegas was so scared. They were on the hook for all these tickets. People bought them as novelties. Yep. In their six-year history, they came, they won. The city of Las Vegas deserves it. It used to be a city of transients and stuff. They deserve it. I was so happy for that city. And you know, that's that's our adopted town. We both love Vegas. I was so happy for them and their Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Awesome. It's just awesome. I yeah. they deserve they deserve to to build their own team from the bottom up. That like like what they did with the Knights. They they you make an expansion team or whatever. If you want to put a team in in a baseball team there, uh, do something better than the A's. I mean, you that ownership does not deserve Vegas. Yeah, and it's funny. I remember when in all the other sports, being an expansion franchise was like a 10-year sentence. You had a long time before you competed. I mean, yep. remember when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl? It was this huge accomplishment, the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. And, and for the Knights, to uh, again, in their first franchise, uh, first year, they went immediately to the Stanley Cup Finals. In their sixth year, they win it all. Uh, good for them. I, I just I can't say enough how much... Uh, I want baseball and I, I want football in Las Vegas. I just, it just, it just really irks me that it's those two teams that we're talking about. And you know what? You know, you never know. I, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, the, the Nuggets took forty-seven years; they got their first one. You never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was just ex- excited for the Golden Knights. Excited for the franchise. Very cool. And by the way, how ironic is it that Canada's sport? was settled between Las Vegas and Florida. It's just crazy. If I would have told you that 20 years ago, you would have thought I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you got teams like Toronto and Calgary that can't, that just keep getting in their own ways and stuff like that, they kind of, when it comes to NHL, when you come to playoffs, I think everyone knows that if there's one team that really has a stigma on themselves, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. But Tim, let's, let's venture away from the champions and let's talk about the one thing that, Everyone has been the most polarizing thing that we've been seeing in sports. Definitely was PGA versus Live, and now the PGA Tour and the Live Tour are merging. It's crazy because it's it's. We both love golf. One of our first on the books jobs was caddying. Mm -hmm. You're significantly better than I am. That that being aside, we both love it. 
I have thoroughly enjoyed the last year of PGA versus Live. I enjoy Live Golf. I like what they've brought to it. They've almost brought like a Happy Gilmore fun. What's the most attended PGA event all year? Masters? The Waste Management. <laughs> no. The most attended tournament all year is the Waste Management Tournament Oh, tournament because in Phoenix, in, in Phoenix where they just go crazy. absolutely bananas. That's what I'm saying. That's what Live Golf has done. They've captured that. They've been like, they're going out to the to the not snobby. They're going out to the, the everyday fan. They're, they, they went out, they did... Uh, forgive me for wrestling reference. They went out and did the WCW where they went out and bought all the guys from WWE or WWF at the time. And they they went out and bet the boss guys and they'd just be like, let's make it fun. And I don't blame. We talked about it last season. I don't blame any of these guys for going. If We're going to give you 10 times the money to do half the work. Everyone says yes to that. I don't care where the money comes from. Every billionaire on this planet has dirt on them, has skeletons in their closet. They're all bad people. Yep. Okay, so don't give me about where it came from. What what is what is crazy is is that the PGA was holding people hostage basically. It was basically holding people ransom saying, Prove your loyalty to us. Oh my god. Where yep. did Liv offer Tiger Woods yep. to go? Rory a, like a billion dollars. Oh yes. Rory McIlroy <laughs> could have got his own freaking island. The, 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 it's crazy that the PGA asked for loyalty from the players and then bailed on those players for their own payday when it was all said and done. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 hypocritical. I, 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 it blows my mind when they announced it and they kept it very well secret. I, I usually in today's cycle, would have you would have heard about this for weeks. Oh my god, it you would have heard everything gets broken on Twitter long before it actually happens. When this happened, we all stopped and like, is that a misprint? Is that is that like a, a fake story? You thought it was one of those like you know like uh like fake Twitter accounts yeah, that like, was like, like a death hoax like the, yeah. like like last week you saw like oh a death hoax uh, Jeremy Renner died be like what yeah he had to like go on Twitter he's like no I'm not dead yeah yeah that that's what I thought it was I was like these guys have been going at it it's been this story in this visceral this like when they come together at the majors it was like oh live versus PGA and how all the guys from live did great at the Masters it was it was a story I now, think that was the death sentence. That was the death sentence that knew that this something like this had to happen. When those live players came back to the Masters and multiple people finished in the top ten, and they then they the killed PGA, it. Then the PAGA had to turn around and go, "We don't have the best players playing in this tournament. They had to every, do every other tournament. We do not have the best players playing on this tournament." And it put a big stigma on it, put a big X right on their back. And once again, by the time it's all said and done, that everyone's working together again. And poor Phil. Poor Phil, this guy over here. Like, I love Phil videos. I gotta tell you, if you're if the Phil Mickelson videos, if you're like learning how to play golf and you need to get your short game better, go online and look at YouTube. Phil Phil Mickelson puts out these videos where he talks about how he putts and and how he trains to putt and how he practices. And so, and I gotta tell you, it's helped my game out immensely. I was wondering why you were looking at me when you said this. No, I gotta tell you, like, no, no, I'm saying like <laughs> it totally helped my game out immensely. And um. I just have a lot of respect for Phil in that aspect. And I understand he got a lot of crap when he left for Liv. And then the Masters, he went to the dinners and he didn't say anything. He wouldn't talk to the media. He wouldn't talk to pretty much anybody. And so with that, I just think, I just think like, okay, now that all of this is over, let's go back to just playing golf and having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's wrap it up and bring it all the way back around to football, Tim. And let's talk about the NFL draft. We're going to get to our top five draft picks, our top five worst draft picks. But, Tim, a couple of draft thoughts. The more you think you know, 
No more you don't. Remember all that talk? Remember all that talk about all these quarterbacks that were going to go in round one? Everyone better look out because here comes Will Levis. Is <laughs> over that? Oh, Will Levis might go one. Remember, he might yeah, go five. He had that thing on Twitter yeah. that shifted the odds where he, I, I've been told I'm going to go number one. Yeah. So, that shifted the odds completely. Yeah. And then we got what? Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And that was just about it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was fun. I, it's just, we're, we're, again, we're going to break down each division. We're going to spend more time on each team. I just thought it would be fun to go an overall draft episode. The, this draft, teams broke a draft record by completing 43. Let me say that again. 43 trades were made over the three days hey, of the for draft. for 43 trades, we're going to have 43 drinks of beer in this episode. <laughs> Usually it goes in your mouth, buddy. <laughs> I just opened this beer and it just went all over me. Yeah, it, it does not translate to an audio form, but Rick definitely just spilled beer, spilled beer all over himself, and it's good stuff. Yeah, 43 trades over the course of the three dates of the draft. It was just absolute madness. And um, it was fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, there was some definitely some first-round surprises. The the, uh, the Houston Texans, who, by the way, just handed the first overall pick to the Bears, who they mortgaged into a, a great future. They had the second pick, and they were deciding between C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. So oh, we're what did talking they about do? we're talking about Houston, the Houston Texans. What did I yes. say? Yes, you said uh, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, them too. Yeah. The Houston Texans, they had the second pick. Yeah. They couldn't decide between C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. So what did they do? They, they traded. Got them both. They traded for the third pick and, and got both of them. Yeah, they they and they and they gave up more on this later. They gave up a king's ransom to get the third pick. But I mean, good for them. They lost the first pick because Lovey Smith doesn't believe in tossing games. They still got what, what they believe is their quarterback of the future. C.J. Stroud is is by all accounts a pretty good quarterback. They got Will Anderson Jr. Um, I mean, the Colts. They I, I think that was probably the first shock of the draft. They decided to go with Anthony Richardson. Not that they the shock that they took quarterback. It was a shock that they didn't take left. They went with Anthony Richardson, who is believed to be the biggest project, if you will. He yeah. kind of had the. I don't want to bring up the name of Mr. Bisky, but his uh, his starting college career has been thirteen games. Yeah, it's you not know? a lot. And then the 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 running track record with the. How that worked out for Mitch and the Bears did not work out well. Yeah, I, uh, more stuff. We talked about it before. We're going to talk about it again. The Lions, uh, I, I, more surprises. At number 12, they took Jameer, uh, Jameer Gibbs. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought we all thought Bajan Robinson, who was you know supposed to be like the next Adrian Peterson, whatever you want to say, special running back. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw I Jameer Gibbs going to 12. Bajan Robinson, you were thinking, oh, this is going to be the guy that – this is going to be the running back that gets picked in the first round. And then that was it. And you that was it. I think it was going to be Jameer Gibbs like four – there were two picks no. later. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, more on the first-round surprises – the Eagles are just the rich getting richer. We talked about it last season, how they made that great trade with the Saints. They ended up with their first round pick this year. Good on them. They went to the Super Bowl. They had a lead in the fourth quarter. We're not even going to talk about that bogus penalty. The rich get richer. Yeah. <laughs> they got the ninth pick in the trade with the Bears because the Bears didn't want to take the baggage of Jalen Carter. The Eagles like, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah. They went out and get Jalen Carter, who have not for the for the uh preseason arrest might have been the first overall pick. Yeah. He they go out and get Jalen Carter and then oh by the way, Jalen Smith. I, I I mean they they just or I'm sorry, Nolan Smith. Yeah. I mixed up their names. Um but yeah, I Eagles, Rich getting richer. Yep. And, and, and again, the the last surprise of the first round, if you will, Will Levis falling completely out of it. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, that was that awkward, uh, you know, like every year they have the guy in the green yeah, room. He's just sitting there like, ha, 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 and ha, I, ha. You feel so bad for him. This is just a kid. We all forget these kid guys are young. He was just a kid. Every time somebody got picked that wasn't him, they cut to him. Oh, yeah. They didn't go to the kid who was getting drafted and went to go put the hat on in front of the mirror. They went to him. They, but to they went, show. They went to, they went to that player getting up. Everyone's cheering for him. And then they look over at Will Levis who's just like, my life, <laughs> my yeah, life. He went from tweeting that he was going to be the first overall pick to not getting picked. That entire night was agony for that poor kid. Okay, so let me throw a couple of things out there because you just went on a rant and I love it. But let me throw some things that I put that I that I saw that I wanted to talk about. We we talked about the Houston trading up some of that, but Miami forfeiting their first round pick because of the whole tampering with Tom Brady <laughs> that didn't even work out for them. <laughs> I mean, because they never had Brady. They and they only end up with. Four draft picks in their in the draft. I mean, New Orleans getting a Sean getting that that uh, a Sean Payton head coach trade pick from the the from Denver, which was from San Francisco, and they ended up turning that into Clemson defensive tackle Brian Bracey. I mean, great, awesome for them that they basically had a coach that was a retired <laughs> under contract, <laughs> and they basically got a free first round pick for him. I mean, Philadelphia, you were talking about it with the Jalen Carter thing, the Nolan Smith. I mean, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Last year, they picked Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean, um, on, and they, they shored up their defense with those things, and then they double down again, and they take a whole bunch of more Georgia players. I mean... Philadelphia and, and, and right who now. Else did they trade for <laughs> Georgia running back. Georgia running back. I mean, literally, whoever. <laughs> like, if you tell me Philadelphia's GM is like a Georgia alum, I totally believe it because it is George. I feel like it's like the Brady budget. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> okay, so hey, terms I did not think I'd hear on this podcast. Brady bunch. Yes. Okay. Andrew Voorhees. He's a seventh round pick by the Ravens. All right, he is going to miss the rest of so, the season. So he's not the guy from Friday listen, the 13th. Listen, Got it. listen. He, he, he's a seventh-round pick by the Ravens, um, and his season's already over because he tore his ACL at the NFL Scouting Combine. And I know I said it last that year, sucks. and I will say it again. Why do we need a Scouting Combine? These guys are playing for multiple seasons in college, and if you don't get enough of what you see from them then... I mean, I understand if you want to come, have them come in and interview them and just check them out and make sure they haven't put on 30 pounds or lost 30 pounds of muscle or something like that, that's fine. But why are we having these guys do all these things in the scouting combine? You know what you're getting by how these guys have been playing football. You want to do an interview and just make sure the guy is still in physical shape? That's fine. You want to do an interview just to make sure this guy isn't an idiot? That's fine. But the whole idea of the NFL Combine is kind of insulting and degrading at this point. So not a fan of the Underwear Olympics? No, not at all. Got it. Noted. Multiple times people have gotten hurt with this stuff. You know, I just don't I don't understand it. I don't like it. And I'm kind of done with it. Yeah, I more stuff from the drafts that just kind of caught me off guard. The Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I don't know if you heard their quarterback retired. Some guy named Tom Brady you may have heard of him. They had eight picks in the draft. Guess what position they did not take? A quarterback. They did not take a quarterback. I, I don't understand. Do you not know how to move on? I, I, are you like the, uh, you know, my boyfriend left me and I'm still calling him every day? I, I don't understand. There are 130 and uh, there's 130 like Division One colleges. How are how is not everybody taking a quarterback? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, and 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 that blows my mind. And somebody who did the Lions. I now I'll dog the Lions for taking Jameer Gibbs at twelve, for taking an off-ball linebacker at pick eighteen, but I will not dog them for taking Hendon Hooker in the third round. Great job. You're 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 you've spent a lot of your free agent money and your draft picks preparing for this season. I think they can take the leap. I think they can win the North. But they still took a third-round pick on Hendon Hooker. You know how much I love when NFL teams still draft a quarterback. Hendon Hooker was, and we'll talk about it later, he was the, the Heisman favorite until he got hurt. He's the SEC Player of the Year. And you still spent a third-round pick on him. Great job on yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. And I got to tell you, like I understand that a lot of people don't like Gibbs, um, but I think Jack Campbell is going to be a great linebacker in the NFL. I, 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 love, I love Jack Campbell. I, I'm just saying... It, it, again, I'll, I'll bring it up later, so I'm not going to say. One of the other things that caught, caught me before we move on to our five best, five worst, a lot of teams drafted, quote-unquote, best player regardless. I understand you have to do, oh, i got to get the best player, blah, blah. Sometimes you don't. If you're drafting from a position of strength, you don't need to spend a first-round pick on that position. Let me tell you. Atlanta, Bijan Robinson. I get it. He's quote unquote special. You definitely did not have a problem at running back. Your guy last year, Tyler Algier, just broke a team rookie record for rushing at 1035, and you had Cordero Patterson. Running back was not your problem. Okay, Detroit, Jamar Gibbs at 12. You just gave David uh, David Montgomery a three year uh, three year deal. You had DeAndre Swift. You could have brought back Jamal Williams. Again, running back was not your problem. You needed to get an edge rusher to take pressure off of Aiden Hutchinson, and you did not. Uh, Seattle, what was your strength? Wide receiver, you just extended DK Metcalf. You had Metcalf. You had Ty, uh, Tyler Lockett. You had plenty. So what do you do? You spend a first-round pick on uh, Jackson and uh, Smith and Jigba. And you doubled down on it. What did you do last year? I dogged him last year. I was wrong. Kenneth Walker III, they went out and got him. What do you do? You spend a second-round pick on uh, the UCLA running back, Zach Charbonnet. I, I, th- these teams that are spending valuable draft picks, drafting for a position they were already strong at. It blew my mind. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but then sometimes you also fall in the, fact, uh, fall in the habit of Filling a need, but not with the best player, and then you end up eating it later. So, I mean, it's a catch-22 either way. Sometimes you just got to go with the best player on the board. All right, Tim, I went first with the best last episode. So let's let you go first with the best this episode. All right, we're continuing our series of five best, five worst. We did free agents last week. We are doing five best and five worst draft picks. So uh, we're going to start with the five best, because I guess we like to do the positivity sandwich, like uh, positivity sandwich, like they teach you in HR. <laughs> honorable mentions. My only honorable mention for five best, the Raiders at pick number seven, taking Texas Tech edge Tyree Wilson. Thought it was a great pick. You know what? I don't have any honorable mentions. I just went five and five, and that's it. I actually followed the rules this time. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. You made your own rules last time. Now you're going to bust my balls. No, I'm not going to bust your. I'm not going to bust your bust your bust your balls on that one. But hey, you know what? It's a it's a solid it's a solid pick for for the you know. Yeah, way. it was basically one of those. I had six teams. I wanted to get into my five. Mm-hmm. All right, five best. I'm going to start with number five. The Giants at pick 172, taking Oklahoma running back Eric Gray. He was second team, all Big 12. He's got return skills, and I don't know if you heard, but Saquon's not happy about his franchise tag. So taking a running back 
as insurance, great pick. Yeah, I like I like uh, the Eric Gray from Oklahoma there. I will give you my number five. It is the Arizona Cardinals taking the cornerback Garrett Williams in the third round. He had a torn ACL last season, uh, which which went from made him from a first round pick, and he fell all the way to the third round. But he is a strong cornerback. He's a good cover corner, and he is going to start on this team when he's healthy. And it's a great piece. For an Arizona team that's starting the rebuild. Very smart. Very good. I love it. I love it. Uh, my number four for uh, best picks, the Lions. I, I've dogged them a couple times on this podcast. I'm going to probably continue to do that. But I thought they made a great pick. Again, I already talked about Lions that picked 68, taking Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. Again, SEC Offensive Player of the Year. He was a Heisman favorite until he tore his ACL. Uh, and again, we all know who Jared Goff is. We have seen him lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's capable of that. But taking Hendon Hooker to be your potential future while winning now, great pick. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, number four, Houston wide receiver Tank Dell. He, uh, is bid, he was from the University of Houston. He got picked by the Texans. He was a 69th overall in the third round. Nice. I mean, Brandon Cooks and Chris Moore are gone. I mean, this is a great talent that could immediately impact a woeful Texans wide receiver room. Wow, woeful. I like that. I like that. Uh, we are flying, buddy. I love it. Uh, my pick number three for best picks, the Ravens at pick number 22, taking BC wide receiver Zay Flowers. He's a great route runner. He's going to fit in great with their new offensive corner, Todd Monken's, uh system. And honestly, they finally started committing, if you want to include the Odell Beckham signing, um, they finally started committing to getting Lamar some help. I, I am not a fan of the contract they gave him. I made that abundantly clear in our last episode. That being said, at least they're finally committing, and I thought the pick of BC wide receiver Zay Flowers is a great pick. Yeah, in the last couple of years when you're talking about they're investing in Odell Beckham, they brought in Rashad Bateman um, in the draft, and now they're bringing in Zay Flowers. I mean, this is a team with Baltimore that uh, really had some problems at wide receiver ever since Lamar's been here, been there. Absolutely. Um, my number three, safety, Brian Branch. Um, he is an absolute steal at number 45 for the Detroit Lions. If you don't like Jack Hamill, fine. If you don't like Jameer Gibbs, that's fine too. But, but Brian Branch is an absolute steal for the Lions. This dude is coming in with a whole bunch of free agent signings at the at, in the defensive backfield for the Detroit Lions. This is another guy that's going to instantly help them. This guy could start immediately if he wanted to. And because he's a rookie, even if he sits behind some of these other guys on those one-year deals, this guy is going to be a player in the NFL for years to come. I love it. I totally agree. I love what the Lions have done with their secondary. They recognized that they had an area of need, and they hit it. I love it. Great pick. Uh, my number two, the Steelers. Not just the Steelers pick, jumping the Jets. They went from pick 16 to 14. They jumped. They used the Patriots to do it, by the way. The Steelers jumped the Jets from 16 to 14 to draft the last really good tackle, Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones. I, I, I love it. it. The Steelers needed offensive line help. They've been hurting. They knew that the Jets at 15 were going to take them, and they jumped them. I thought it was great. So the Steelers jumping the Jets to go from 16 to 14 to take Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones. All right. Number two, Jalen Carter being drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. You just lost Jason Hargrove to that big deal. Javon. 
Javon Hargrove, sorry. Details. To to the to the San Francisco 49ers, all right, and you replace him with arguably the best top, top the top defensive prospect in the entire draft. I understand that he's got the couple of things going on with the uh with the driving and, and with the with the he reckless driving and stuff like that. Exactly. But you know what? The fact that this dude was possibly the number one drafted pick. You're talking about being the the most talented player. Went all the way to nine, and for the NFC champs to pick him up, I mean, I think that the, I think it's going to be great for Philadelphia. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Uh, my number one for best. I'm cheating a little bit, but you did it all last episode. The Texans double dip. I, I'm going to dog him at some point down the road. Don't get me wrong. They didn't know what they wanted to do with two, so they got them both. You don't ever see that. We always talk about, you know, how fans talk on sports radio. Oh, why didn't we get this guy? Why didn't we get everybody? I, I got a, I got a buddy at work who I, I love talking sports with. He thinks all of our teams should get everybody. The Texans actually did it. They went out and they said, you know what? We don't know if we like C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson. We're going to go out and get them both, and they did. They had a bunch of draft capital from the Deshaun Watson trade, and they said, screw it, let's do it. They went, they double-dipped. They took Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and Bama Edge Will Anderson Jr. I, I, I think they gave up a little much, but I love that they went out and did it. Yep. My number one, it's, it's, it's not the same thing, but it basically is the same thing. Will Anderson Jr., um, is my number one pick at number three. D'Amico Ryans will find ways to have Anderson disrupt offenses. This move is, to me, it's like D'Amico Ryans just found his Nick Bosa on this Houston Houston defense. Wow. You're, you're, you're using the name Nick Bosa here. Yeah. Those are huge, huge lofty expectations. Yeah, well, buddy. there you go. I'm throwing it out there. I'm going to say that, that Will, Will Anderson is going to make an immediate impact for this Houston Texans team. I love it. Yeah, I, I I guess we kind of agree. All right, five uh, worst. Five worst. You go first this time, buddy. Oh, All do you right. Have, wait, do you have any honorable? Mentions? I do not. Do you? Oh, I do. I actually do have an honorable <laughs> mention. I, I love it. You know, I love I love this stuff. I yeah. go deep. Honorable mention for five worst. I've got to dog my Patriots. <laughs> the New England combo again. I'm cheating a little bit, but honorable mention New England combo at pick one twelve. They felt the need to take Maryland kicker. Chad Ryland, and at pick 192, they felt the need to take Michigan State punter Bryce Berenger. Last I checked, they need defensive back help. Mm -hmm. Devin McCourty has retired. Um, Stephon Gilmore's long gone. You spend valuable draft picks on a kicker and a punter. What the hell? Yep. I think I think we're gonna hear that in a couple of the, one of those names again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. My five worst. Number five, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, I like this guy. <laughs> I mean, I do. I don't dislike this him. poor kid. I don't he dislike might, he him. He might be a model citizen, oh, building homes for the homeless. How are you drafting this guy? I, I understand. I understand that this is the guy you want, and he wasn't going to be around when you picked in the second round Detroit Lions. But still, like... the. Then trade down, get some capital or something like that. This guy was not going, in my opinion. I don't see anybody else taking this guy. Nope. When when they were taking him, I don't think anybody else had him on the radar for five six picks. Nope. The fact that when they were showing the draft room, when they picked that guy, and they were getting up and congratulating each other and hugging each other like they had just won the lottery 
for a guy that I'm pretty sure nobody else wanted. It's like watching the Bears trade for <laughs> trade to move up one spot to pitch pick Mitch Trubisky, oh and they're actually gonna celebrate about it. You know I what think I mean? I just like threw up in my I don't mouth. know. I I get grabbing the guy you want, but really over overreaching in my in my opinion at that point. Oh, I agree. Stay tuned. My number five for five worse than Niners at pick ninety nine. Third round, pick 36, Michigan kicker Jake Moody. You're a Super Bowl contender. You didn't have a pick until pick 87. So pick 99 was your second pick, and you use it on a kicker. You're a Super Bowl contender who already had Robbie Gold, who has not missed a kick ever in the playoffs. You traded a bunch of draft capital to build that team. So when I say pick 99, you're like, oh, pick 99, you're 99 picks in the draft. That was their second pick. And they used it on a kicker. Yeah. Only thing I will say at least is is that I think Jake Moody is actually one of the better kickers. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> All right. Number four, Emmanuel Forbes. Look, okay, I get it. From Michigan, from Mississippi State, once again, I'm not knocking this guy. I'm sure he's going to be a solid player for this team. But Christian Gonzalez was the better talent, and he was available and you passed on him. Bill Belichick is happy for Emmanuel Forbes. You let New England get him. I, I just didn't understand this pick. I, I agree. I love it. Um, my fourth worst: the Chargers that pick one twenty-five, taking TCU wide receiver Darius Davis. Again, same thing I brought up about the Niners. The Chargers are a Super Bowl contender. You took a special teamer. That's what he is. He's a special teamer with a fourth-round pick. Your strength at at your team is wide receiver. You've already got Keenan Allen. You've got Mike Williams. You spent a first-round pick on Quinton Johnson. You already have Joshua Palmer. You did not need a wide receiver. So with your fourth-round pick on a Super Bowl contender, you take a special teamer? And you didn't even draft. And I wanted to add... Eckler requested a trade. They worked out some incentives, whatever. You didn't even bother drafting a running back. So, Chargers, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Number three, Chad Ryland. <laughs> Chad <laughs> Ryland. I mean, not only not only did, did the did the Patriots uh, pick a kicker, they traded up for this guy. Yep. This guy is this guy is an average kicker with below average strength, and you traded up for a guy that I would say. What what is Belichick gonna do? It's a fifty yard field goal. It's like, who do we got? We got we got Ryland. Nope. <laughs> like I just he does not have the strength to make long kicks, in my opinion. Yeah. I And you traded up for him. Yeah, you you know. You know how I feel about that. Uh pick number three for the th- uh, five worst. The Browns have picked seventy four, taking Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. He's had an injury plagued career. He had one good year in college. You're extremely short on picks because of the Deshaun Watson trade. So what do you do? You take a position of strength. Your position, you've already taken care of your wide receiver room. You have Amari Cooper. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones. You traded for uh, Elijah Moore. So what do you do? You use a extremely value pick that you're short on to take a wide receiver. I, I don't understand it. Yep. I mean, I'm gonna. I think we are going to have a really good one here because I think we're we're not gonna really. I don't think we're gonna. Agree, I know we're gonna have any doubles here, but my number two, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. He was selected as an edge rusher for uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Um, but what are you doing 
making a pick guy like this. This guy, he does not play fast. His t technique is completely off to other edge rushers. I just don't see how this guy transitions to play well in the NFL. Yeah, I, I can't argue with anything you're saying. I was just running out of spots. <laughs> I, um, for for me, I, I, I like to emphasize what capital you used it on. So uh, for me, number two of the five worst, the Bills that picked 25, taking Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. Not only did they use a first-round pick on this kid, they traded up to do it. Now, we've watched the Buffalo Bills since Josh Allen got there. At what point do they use the tight end? They don't. Never. Maybe Dawson Knox will catch a, tie, uh, a catch a touchdown while they're in the red zone. But tight end is not part of their offense. If you had Dawson Knox on your fantasy team, you know they don't use their tight end. Because Hell he'll no. have, like, the games where he had two, t two touchdowns, it would be, like, two catches, six yards, two touchdowns. Hi, Paul. Exactly. I, that's what I'm saying. They just, they, they traded up for this kid. And even if he's a great X factor and blah, 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 you don't use the tight end and you tra and, and you already moved up to move. I, mm -hmm. I just don't get it. All right. My number one, um, this, this falls into what, what are we doing here? You're the worst pick, in my opinion, of the draft. Wide receiver Marvin Mims to the Denver Broncos. You have <laughs> plenty of meat. You are the Denver Broncos. Who, by the way, had no draft picks. Yes, you have zero draft picks. You gave one up for a quarterback. For, for I'm sorry, you gave multiple picks up for a quarterback in Russell Wilson. Then you gave up then another first-round draft pick to get a coach who is never going to step on the field and play for you. Never. You, you wasted one of the five picks you had on a wide receiver, Marvin Mims Jr., when you already had Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and the list goes on and on with other people that are there. KJ Hamlin. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I My number one for worst pick in the draft, you already mentioned him, Lions at pick number 12, taking Bama running back Jameer Gibbs. I, I, I don't get it. If you're going to take a running back in today's NFL, he better damn well be special. Is Jamar Gibbs special? No, he's not. He was surprised he got picked. You were brought up the reaction when he got picked. He's like, really? Like, now? I go now? Look at that. It's like, I've been, in, I, I've been invited to, to go to the draft. Cool. Maybe I'll be drafted by the end of the first round. Oh, 12? Oh. I, I just don't understand. I, 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 you just signed David Montgomery to a three-year deal. You could have brought back... Uh, we, we both agree they should have brought back Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. um, they had DeAndre Swift. Injury problems or not, whatever. You don't use the 12th pick on a team that has aspirations to go to the NFC Championship on a freaking running back who's not Bijan Robinson. Tim, let me ask you this question. If his first couple of seasons, he puts up production that is equivalent to, I don't know, let me just throw a name out there, DeAndre Swift when he was healthy. <laughs> Would you say that that is a that they would you say that is a successful pickup then for the no, Detroit Lions? You already had DeAndre Swift. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is you would I think at the best at best you're saying this guy is putting up production like a DeAndre Swift when he was healthy, and then at that point you say you already had him though. All right, <laughs> let me bring up this. I, I I forgot to mention this. I did have an honorable mention, and I just remembered it. This is for best draft pick. You didn't bring it up, so I feel like it would be advantageous for me to bring it up now because I totally forgot about this. Devin Ashane in the fourth round for the Miami Dolphins. This dude is 
fast. And he fits perfectly into the fast offense that Miami is putting out there. This very much like run and gun kind of thing that they're doing here, which is very, uh, the, you know, the greatest show so on wait, turf. You, you said this is one of your best? I'm going back to one of my best here. This is I, one I'm of my best. I'm just confused because... I, we, I know, I totally forgot to put it on They here. had no draft picks and they already brought back Mossert and... I understand. Okay. I understand, but I'm just, just saying as sure far as like... Because let me throw this out to you, all right? Um... The one thing that this looks like to me is um, with Devin Shane is he fits into this mold of this. And Mostert, I understand, is a super is he's fast and he fits into that perfectly too. But Mostert gets hurt a lot. And another honorable mention I want to talk about is Rashawn Johnson for the for the Chicago Bears. This screams to me of like everyone's like, oh, he'll be a great uh, you know subset here for Khalil Herbert and stuff like that. But this screams to me let me let me bring this up to you, Tim. Do you remember when Matt Forte left who they thought the next running back was going to be in Chicago? Yes. Jeremy Lankford. Yep. I remember. And what happened? They they drafted in the fourth round, they drafted Jordan Howard and within one game Jordan Howard had unseated Jeremy Lankford. And I think we might be seeing something similar to that with Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson. I love it. Nothing like ending a segment on honorable mentions. All right. We got through all of the, the draft picks here we wanted to talk about. We're going to get right into the AFC Championship. We're talking about your long shot, your your best value, and your actual favorite bet. Tim, go ahead and kick us off, man. Yeah, last week we did uh, NFC Championship odds or NFC Champion odds. This week we're going to do AFC Champion odds, again, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. The top five, which is not really the top five, Kansas City's plus 330, Buffalo's plus 500, Cincinnati's plus 550. There's a three-way tie for fourth through sixth, if you will. Baltimore, plus 1,100. The Jets, plus 1,100. Ridiculous. And the Dolphins at plus 1,100. Ricky, start us off. You know what? Um, I'm going to go with my best long shot. My best long shot, I uh, understand that it's probably not likely, but I'm going well, back to the... I'm, that's the point of a long shot. Yes, I'm going back to the the well here. I'm going back to good old Billy Bell's Billy Belichick here. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna put a a, a silly five dollar free bet on the Patriots to make it back to the Super Bowl uh, plus thirty five hundred. And I, I will tell you here, this is my contingency. My contingency is is that Mac Jones is a third year quarterback, and I believe the Patriots are gonna bring in DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like Hawkeye in Endgame. I'm like, don't do that. Don't give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, my best long shot, the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 2,500 to win the AFC. Uh, when was the last time Mike Tomlin finished below 500? Has never happened. Never. Um, and when Ben Roethlisberger was in his second year, what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers? They made it to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. Oh, and, and I'm not again, I'm not calling five, but we're talking long shot here. We're talking Tomlin. We're talking a second-year quarterback in Kenny Pickett who showed progress in his rookie year. They've got a good defense that improved. They improved their offensive line. You're getting me the Steelers at 25-1 to to win the AFC? I love it. All right. All right, so let's go with the best value. I'm going to venture out here. I said it before. The best free agent signing was re-signing Lamar Jackson. Um, my best value is... No, it was not. <laughs> My best value is uh, from Barstool here, plus 1,200, the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC Championship. You think that's the best value? I think oh. that is the best value is plus 1,200 because I got it at, 
at Barstool and Bet Rivers, it is at plus twelve hundred right now, which is better value than the uh, plus eleven hundred plus a thousand that you can get. How at dare right you now. dog our friends at DraftKings? Uh, I think the best value is the Los Angeles Chargers at plus thirteen hundred. 13 to 1. I think the Chargers bringing in Kellen Moore. We're going to talk about that next episode, the coaching moves. Uh, bringing in Kellen Moore to run that offense is really going to take Justin Herbert, who, by the way, is one of the next guys with Burrow who's ready for that super extension. I think the Chargers are really ready and primed to take the next step and try to take on the Chiefs to win that division. You're going to give me them a 13 to 1 and win the AFC. I think that's great value. I can't I can't do that after last year. Last year I picked the Chargers to We both did. to 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 I'm take going back over to the on the on the Chiefs there and I will not be fooled again. <laughs> we I won't, won't be, be fooled again. again. We're All right. All right, but my best my favorite bet, my best bet is the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 550. The Cincinnati Bengals, I feel, with the exception of losing their two safeties, have either stayed the same or gotten better at every single position. Their line is better. Their offensive line is better, and that's the one thing they absolutely needed to do. Um, And I feel like the Bengals are, this is, I won't say team of destiny, but I will say this is a team that they got to win now. They got to win now before they give Burrow that big payday, before they give Jamar Chase that big payday. This is clearly going to be Joe Mixon's last year with the Bengals. They have no running back because Samaje P. Ryan is gone. It is literally Joe Mixon and basically nobody carrying the ball back there that has any like experience America? kicking, you know, <laughs> carrying the ball for the backfield. Um, with the offensive line, with them reloading on the offensive line with uh, Orlando Brown. Uh, junior, Th- this is it. This is their chance here, and I think they got. I think they're going to do it. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to do that, so I didn't want to do that for my best value. Uh, my favorite bet. I know it's weird, and, and again, you know my love for betting on horses. You don't bet the favorite. I- I'm going to veer from that track. My favorite bet in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs at plus three thirty. Uh, chalky, chalky. Super Where's chalk. the chalk for? Super yeah. chalk. But I tell you what, two three weeks into the season, when they're three and zero. They're going to be like plus 125 or minus 125. So right now, to get the defending Super Bowl champions, who, by the way, still have Andy Reid coaching, still have Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes, still have Travis Kelsey. They're playing golf right now. But they're going to be playing football come uh, September. You're going to give me them at plus 330? The defending champs at 3-1 to one to win the AFC? That's your best chance to get odds on them to win the AFC. Yeah, I, I understand it. I just, oh, man. I, I just, this, the AFC conference, we talked about it last year. It all comes down to who has to play two games against those other two teams. Whoever is the one seed and doesn't have to play the 2-3 of Buffalo, KC, or Cincinnati. Whoever has it, that's what happened with KC. Cincinnati had to play against Buffalo, and then they had to play against KC. Whoever has to play two games against those quality teams is probably going to lose. Whoever has to play the one game, whoever gets the the winner of the South, the winner of the South, or or a wild card team, or something like that, or the Chargers, or something like that, and they win that game, and then you have the other team, like last year, KC made it to the AFC Championship game. Cincinnati and Buffalo had to play against each other to get there. They've already been in a dogfight. The bottom line is, is who do you think is the team that is not going to be in the second dogfight? Because if you're only I, in I the one the and Chiefs. the other one, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Like If that's who you think it is, then it's a smart bet. I'm just saying at, at three, plus 330, if you want the Chiefs, that's the best odds you're going to get is right now. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. I can go along with that as well. All right, guys. So there's some extra bets there for you for the, the end. Um, you know, obviously, Tim's going chalk. I'm going with wow, the Bengals. This guy. <laughs> wow. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we definitely had a lot of fun going through and picking out all these draft picks, going through all these draft picks, picking out some good ones, picking out some bad ones. I'm super excited for the season. Um, super excited to see how these draft picks turn out. Tim, what do we got coming next episode? Uh, next episode, we're going to wrap our off-season series before we start talking about divisions. The third, if you will, segment of the off-season, we're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about some of the big coaching moves. We're just going to break down our overall impressions of the offseason before we dive into divisions. It's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. And we're going to mention our favorite Super Bowl bets. Oh, yeah. I've got some pretty good ones out here and not just the Super Bowl winner, Tim. Ah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for checking it out. We're going to see you guys next time. Uh, Thanks a lot for checking in, and we will see you guys in a couple of days.